It is time to blast off inside the kennel. And now, here is the Tomahawk Missile himself, Vindog Radio. Myself in Dog Radio. This is a Money Bin production, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 39. We're gonna hit the big 40, which is 40, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna hit the 40th episode, and thank you for helping us get this far. But we do need your help. We need your help to keep the kennel alive, and you need all you need to do is just spread the word. That's right, just spread the word. Friends, family, neighbors, I don't care what side of the political aisle that you're on. It is a pleasure just to be here to do this for you. And we are live on Podbean.com. More than 7 billion downloads worldwide to date. So let's keep those downloads going to the Podbean app and subscribe to the Kennel Podcast. That's right, inside the Kennel on Podbean.com. And you can also find the Kennel live on Amazon Music. Yes, indeed. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and whatever. Ever you shall download podcast and it is a great appreciation if you will go to spotify and everywhere else and download the podcast share it like it please give us five stars because we enjoy bringing the content to you and this is great entertainment and it you know we get a little serious here but we also like to have a little fun with the politics no matter who it is it could be a rhino republican or an uber left off the rail Democrat. we don't care we have fun here and coming up in future shows of the kennel we're gonna have james cadiz tom hughes and today rex mcneil is gonna be joining us it's gonna be fun we're gonna have excitement coming through him we're gonna talk a little bit of radio and he's also gonna storm through some politics too because he likes to do that it's gonna be the rex rant today and it's gonna be exciting and i want to thank our last guest that we had mr alvin strand he is a mlb historian and we talk about the history of black athletes and uh a little bit of confusion happened the other day uh of course management called me and said hey you know alvin's concerned about what's going on on the sound off on your podcast and he doesn't want to be affiliated with us well you know what he's not affiliated with it i did not even mention him being affiliated with it i said we had a wonderful guest and i wanted to get rid of the politics for the day and that's why i wanted to rush to get to him for the interview and i said that in my last podcast episode ladies and gentlemen and money ben you're a great producer and you can attack to that right okay cool thank you sir he gave me the thumbs up he doesn't want to talk he doesn't like to talk he likes me to do all the talking so let me tell you mr alvin strand you were not affiliated with my thoughts on the podcast all i did was wanted to talk baseball and we did that and we talked the legacy that you're leaving behind and you're writing wonderful books especially that wonderful book the jersey and our listeners are going to buy your book we just wanted to talk sports. Okay, I did my sound off. I said goodbye to the face diaper. I said, Gavin Newsom, you're done. Okay, they may not be your thoughts, but I didn't ask you about that during the segment because I didn't feel that we need to get into the political arena because we were there just to discuss, discuss your book and et cetera and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm talking about. I, I put politics aside on that segment. It's, I don't get it. I just don't get it anymore. Oh, man. Because I really have a lot of uh, respect for the man. He's an awesome guy. And, and we had a great time talking. But I didn't know that it was going to get to where he thought that my podcast was going to make him affiliated with uh, the political thoughts of the podcast. Absolutely not. I like people from all walks of life to come on and we can talk some good stuff. And sometimes it's a little getaway for the audience because sometimes talking about all this political stuff can give you a super big headache, especially with the cancel culture stuff that's going on right this day. So everybody getting their $1,400, why everybody else in the Uber left agenda area getting their hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in pork, pork, pork. Yeah, man, it's crazy. A lot of folks haven't gotten their $1,400 cash. But we're going to ask Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, what should Americans do when they receive their stimulus money in full? Why a shotgun? 
buy a shotgun. A double barrel shotgun. Shotgun. A shotgun. Double barrel shotgun. 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 A shotgun. 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 Double barrel shotgun. Boom. They should buy a double barrel shotgun. You know what's so funny about that? The Democrats want to destroy the Second Amendment. Yes, they want to destroy your constitutional rights to keep and bear arms. They want to infringe on your First Amendment rights. They want to cancel people like Dr. Seuss. They want to cancel the Bernstein bear. Next thing you know, they want to cancel the Vermont teddy bear. Next thing you know, they're going to want to cancel Oreo cookies. And Oreo came out with a gender-neutral cookie. Can you believe it? Gender-neutral cookies? Are you serious? Wow. The world is going in a spiral downward in a handbasket, and you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. Terrific stuff is going on. We're going to talk about a lot of that on the other side with my good friend Rex McNeil, a.k.a. T-Rex Radio. It's going to be a fun episode, ladies and gentlemen. You're inside the kennel right here on Podbean.com. A Money Bin production with myself, Vin Radio, you freaking cockroach! Back in a minute, sucker. Back in a minute. More with the street shooter himself right after this. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Vindog Radio. He shoots straight from the hip, and if you don't like it, go and stuff yourselves. Back to the kennel with Mr. Keeping It Real himself, Vindog Radio. Welcome back to Inside the Kennel with myself, Vin Dog Radio, a Money Bin Production. Yes, indeed, you can add us on YouTube at Money Bin Productions with the Z. That's Money Bin Productions with the Z. And also add us and follow on Rumble. And give us a couple of rumbles, too, while you're at it. And ladies and gentlemen, I always like to have one of my great friends and the greatest mentors of all time and one of the coolest radio voices you would ever hear, T-Rex Radio. What's happening, my friend? Hey. Just hanging out with you, man, man. I thought you were talking about Rick Dees there for a second. Yeah, I'm sure Rick Dees will say, and you're number one, Rex. Well, I, I would love to hear that from Rick. I've worked with both of his, uh, or a couple of his sidekicks over the years. I worked with Ellen Kay mm-hmm. and with Liz Fulton, uh, what, years and years ago. Liz Fulton. She used to be on the morning show with Rick, right? Right, right, right. I think she was the, you know, on Kiss. She was mm-hmm. the, uh, the news, uh, you know, co-host, whatever, uh, whatever title they gave her in those days. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, worked with her up in Sacramento. Uh, what at Cato? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you were to say who was better between the two, who would you pick? Let's see if you're on the same line with me on this one. Okay. Uh, well, I worked with Ellen K much closer than I worked with El- uh, Liz and. Uh, I, I thought when I worked with uh, Ellen, uh, we were on the air at X100 in San Francisco, 99.7. Uh, and I, I thought Ellen was a tremendous talent. I still think that she's a tremendous talent. And uh, mm-hmm. it was fun working with her. And uh, so I would probably I would probably go with Ellen. Ding, 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 ding. So will I. And not okay. just because I was friends with her husband, Roy Laughlin. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> Let, let me tell you a quick story about Ellen. Uh, when I got hired in San Francisco from Sacramento, I got a uh, phone call on a Friday afternoon before it was during the middle of the holidays. I think it was after Thanksgiving before Christmas type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I got a phone call and a buddy and I used to joke about X100. Hey, it'd be fun to work there. And so I thought it was a radio guy playing a joke and had it like his girlfriend call me. <laughs> And I said, okay, yeah, 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 great, great. She called me three times on a Friday. <laughs> and she goes, no, no, we really want you to, you know, come and come and work here. We we heard your air check. Uh, we heard your demo. And uh, can you come down for an interview? And so I went down for an interview and uh, I got the job. I got part-time there. I got nice. to do overs and worked my way to, to full-time because I was probably the last man standing. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and had some fun working in, in San Francisco at uh, – 
a great radio station, I think, was X100. It went to, against uh, KMEL and, and everybody else uh, in the Bay, but it was a fun time. It was fun. Oh, man. Like, you know, I'm such a radio nerd. I studied all these radio stations, and I'm like, wow, that station used to kick that kick the tail off of uh, KMEL back in the day. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, X100 was a real weird situation because it was at 99.7, and, you know, they said X100, and – it was owned by uh, what? Uh, what was the name of the company that owned it? Uh, I'm trying to think of their name. Uh, but anyway, the owner bought the Seattle Mariners, so they ended up selling the station. Uh, they ended up selling the station so they could own the Seattle Mariners, and then it became uh, KFRC FM, uh, which I was the first live jock on when they flipped formats. So, uh, oh that wow! Was, yeah, yeah, that was a good time. So now. We were just discussing some things off the air, but we didn't get into it yet. What right. about this craziness with Deshaun Watson? I, you know, right now, if I'm the 49ers, I'm wearing my 49ers jersey right now as we speak, okay? If I'm the 49ers, I don't go 10 feet within this guy. I don't care how good of a quarterback he is. There's no way this is going to work just from a public relations nightmare for an NFL team. The Texans right now are going to be begging somebody to take them off their hands if they weren't before. Uh, because there's in this climate, there's no way. There's no way you beat a sexual charge like that, right? No, not at all. Yeah, there's no way that you – even if it comes back somehow, hey, you know, he's vindicated and all these women were wrong. I think if it's one or two, you might be able to squeeze out of that, and that's still ugly, Right. Right. And and I'm not I'm not like saying that somebody who says this isn't but uh because you gotta respect somebody that you know something like this could have happened to and you gotta respect that situation. But even if it's just a couple people, but once it becomes a truckload, you know, mm -hmm. you got seven to ten to twelve to you know, there's no way you beat that. That is a PR nightmare and and there's just too much empathy right now for victims of sexual crimes. Right, and that's a lot of baggage to take on. As there should be. Mm -hmm. As there should be. And uh, Deshaun Watson, I, I mean, I, I haven't been happy that the 49ers were going to kind of, you know, look at him anyway. I, I, I kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo. The only problem I have with Jimmy is he can't stay healthy enough to stay on the field. But when, he stayed, when he's been on the field, he's, he's won for the 49ers. And I just don't like to see change at the quarterback position unless it's, you know, you're going from a, you know, a, a C-minus quarterback to an A. And, and you know that mm. this guy is, is the last uh, thing to take you over the top. I, I just don't like change at that position unless, you know, the guy's just not very good. You know, but I mean, so I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson? What I, do you think? I, I used to like him as a college athlete when he played for Clemson. Um, okay. That's because he was playing for a great coach in Dabble Sweeney that kind of right. had him in check. But it seems mm -hmm. like once these guys get to the NFL, it's all over for some yeah. reason it's like they yeah. get they get a hold of them and it's bye-bye it's not the yeah. you know the cinderella kid anymore he's like the villain now well you know the thing is is i before i got into radio i was i was close to being in professional sports and i've been around a lot of professional athletes and i played soccer at a high level and i got to see you know what it is at that level and the thing to me that's really sad is to have all the ability in the world like a deshaun watson and see these guys throw it away you mm -hmm. know, kind of over stupid stuff, over doing stupid things. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing about the Deshaun Watson thing is the team has therapists, massage therapists. He was flying in women from across the country and, and then being alone with them. And so right now you got a he said, she said thing. And, and dude, why are you putting yourself in that type of situation? In the first place. Exactly. That, that, oh man, the moral compass just went out the window. I, well, just not the moral compass. I mean, you think of how much these guys are worth and how much money they're making. And guess what? People like money, right? Uh -huh. and, and people, you know, as a celebrity, and I know you're a big celebrity, so you know this. I, huh. I, I've seen it. But, uh, you know, that's just when I hang out with Johnny Depp. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, is, you know, when you get around people with that type of fame, there's going to be people who are going to think that they can take advantage of the situation, even if your heart and everything's in the right place. Mm -hmm. That's why that's, you know, him being alone with these people where there's nobody that can say, hey, oh, I was with Deshaun and that didn't happen. Right. 
Right. Yeah, you know, and so they, you know, in this day and age, people are pretty quick to believe somebody saying that they were a victim of a sexual crime mm-hmm. or, you know, sexual assault, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just think, uh, you know, why, you know, why? But I mean, the timing seems weird, but these things it always does. But right. I mean, the thing, why is he putting himself in that kind of situation? Mm-hmm. Why? I just don't get it. But, Me neither. You know, you know I've always yeah. learned, and um, I'm pretty sure you live by this model too. Like, um, mm-hmm. if you're doing something and there's something that's going to be another lady involved. I I like to have somebody with me. It'd be preferably, you know, the significant other, um, the wifey, because uh, you just don't know anymore. And you you really have to be cautious. And it's kind of a uh, respect thing at the same time. Well, I I think it's, you know, it's a little of both there, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. to be respectful, you know, of the opposite opposite sex and and to make sure that you know somebody uh doesn't feel uh that like something happened and if somebody else is there then that's going to keep things on the up and up as well you know Mm -hmm. um you know it's uh the cuomo situation to me is really weird and bizarre too oh i got a nickname for that guy cuomo sexual (laughs) cuomo sexual i love it (laughs) i love it uh, the funny thing is this guy about six months ago was a hero and could have walked on water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and nobody would have had any problems with it. Mm-hmm. And now, and now, uh, you know, now this guy, you know, and, and the thing I find really weird is people were dying in restaurants. People don't have a problem with that, but you know, they do have a problem with his dating habits. You know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, you know you know, it's, uh, do you like older men? Uh, how do you feel about older men? Uh, what's, uh, you know, what's, uh, would you like to go out to dinner? Uh, I just don't get these guys. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I just don't get these guys. I mean, you know, I understand we all want to mix business with pleasure, but come on. You know? Hey, his comorbidities didn't add up. Yeah. But I what was really nice is his brother on CNN was always happy to have him on and just kind of chit chat about things. And I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah. 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 Supposedly, you know, everybody was dying. Right. So we'll just have the Cuomo brothers have a segment on Communist News Network. Right. Uh, mommy, <laughs> mommy misses you. Why haven't you called mommy? Uh, mm-hmm. Are you thinking about calling your mom? Uh, you know, so it, it was a fun time for all. But, uh, you know, so. Uh, yeah. And you're. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, you were the you weren't the best looking guy. I was the best looking guy. I'm like, OK, well, who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the slanting of the media that it, I mean, that's a whole nother show. I mean, we can talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, my thing is, I, I just want the days of when I was growing up and, and you watch Walter Cronkite and, and was the news a little biased? I'm sure it always was. But boy, I'll tell you, uh, now it's like you got to make sure what network you're watching. So you know what political view they're going to have. I just watched the Vindog News Network. <laughs> is that VDN? Yes. There you go. Oh, oh whoa. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rex. Yeah. So I yeah. saw a couple of uh, your videos, and you okay. did a wine tasting. You were just going to all yeah. kinds of wineries and yeah. and yeah, such. Yeah. Like Rex on the road is back now mm-hmm. that the you know totalitarian guy has pulled back on his uh, dictatorship rules in California a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is we never stopped. I mean, obviously. You know, there were different scenarios for wineries and restaurants and all that. But, I mean, we were really lucky that we never, like, there was never a point where we didn't do any wrecks on the roads, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, speaking uh, of that, hold on just a second. You, how you sure. said that you guys kept going. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to announce right now that we have the screws in stores. They're coming to Hardware Store soon. And it's, you can go to the website right now. It's called ScrewYouGavin.com. Because <laughs> we didn't well, follow gotta, the rules either. Yeah, what you gotta love about Gavin is they're finally becoming concerned about the recall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like that Vin Dog guy started it. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he called me a white, a right wing militia guy. I'm like, there's no militia what? here. 
Well, I mean, you know, the thing I think you always got to remember is, is the elites. I mean, the one thing that the pandemic's proved is the elites are still in control and, and they mm-hmm. like to keep them in control. Right. And, and they like to, they like to say things, have other people do those things. They just don't like to do them themselves. And so, <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing in the sense of they like changing the rules daily and, and they like, they like moving the goalpost uh, when it suits them. And, mm-hmm. and then meanwhile, when they get called on their own behavior and their own actions, uh, they're, they're kind of sorry, but they're really sorry they got caught. Yeah, uh, especially when he went to the French laundry. Yeah, yeah, they're more <laughs> sorry that they were eating, eating at a fine restaurant in Napa and everybody found out about it than they're sorry that they did that when two days before they were telling people that they couldn't go out and they should wear a mask at all times and not eat out at a restaurant. Uh, but, you know, and, and another thing, I mean, I don't think it gets talked about enough about Gavin Newsom is he's more concerned about his hair, you know? Yeah. He, you know, he wants that to look good. And so, you know, he's got a lot going on, that Gavin guy. Yeah. <laughs> he has eyeballs like the Joker also. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. So... You were at this winery last week, I had seen, and man, it looked really good. Yeah, we were at a, a, a couple wineries. I think the one you're talking about is with the water and all that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Vallison, and it's in Galt, California, which is uh, just south of Elk Grove, uh, south of Sacramento, before you, you hit the Lodi, uh, which is a big wine region uh, in the area and in California. Elk Grove. Shouts out to the Galbert family that lives in Elk Grove. Well, there you go. My the peoples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a brand new winery that started up in July or August. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had heard that there were a new winery. We reached out to him and said, hey, we'd love to come and visit your winery, show off some uh, videos. And it's just an absolute jewel. I mean, this they've got water. They've got a lake there. You can have wine. Uh, and you can just relax on the patio on the water. It, uh, it just it, it looks like a resort. Wow. Uh, and uh, we just uh, we're going to be promoting them, uh, you know, fairly heavily for the next, uh, what, I think three months or so. And we'll go out there once a month and do videos. We've already done three sessions of videos out there. Uh, this last time we had a drone. So we'll have some aerial shots uh, to implement here pretty soon. Oh, nice. Uh, once, once those get edited. So that'll be fun to see. And, uh, you know, it's just a great location. And people come out there. They're in a really good mood. So we were able to you know, chit chat with some of the people drinking some wine and saying, Hey, how did you find out about it? And you know, mm-hmm. boy, isn't it great. And I mean, the thing is, is Galt, if you've ever been to Galt, California, it's just not some place where you think of a, a luxury, uh, you know, kind of a vacation spot or, or, or winery. Um, so, I mean, they're changing the game. I think they're changing the game. In, in that nice. Area. Yeah. You're not going to promote uh, Nancy Pelosi's winery soon. Are you? I, it, you know, if she calls, uh, our prices go up dramatically. Yeah, they go up like 10 times the amount, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and you just have her to call me and I'll book the price. <laughs> I love it, I love it. And, and uh, yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, Gavin's what got that, uh, he's got that winery, the Plump Jack or whatever that he's part owner, and he closed in all the wineries in the state except the one that he has some, yeah. some ownership in. So that was kind of nice. Hey, did you hear about the guy that called over there and said, hey, you guys are fully open and we are closed. And they're like, oh, you know, we got to pay the bills. And they hung up. Right, right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, once again, and then they tried to play it off as, well, you know, he has that in, in receivership and there's somebody else that handles that. Come on, dude. You, I don't know. I just think you do everything you can to be as objective as you can. And, and you do it, everything you can to not make it look like somehow some of the yeah. things you're doing are going to benefit you and uh-huh. everybody, in my mind, you know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you and Gavin go golfing from time to time. And oh, yeah, yeah, out. yeah. I hit the irons towards him every time. Nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. He's a great guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. And, I, I mean, I think the thing we have to remember is with Gavin Newsom, his family is so used to political power, he just doesn't know what to do. You know, exactly. and, he wants be, and he wants to be a Kennedy so bad that he even has the hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he ruined San Francisco in a handbasket. Yeah, I remember I remember when I seen that he became mayor of San Francisco and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's gonna become governor and and uh 
And so I, I dreaded that day. And, and God's warning to everyone. Watch out, man. Watch out. <laughs> so what do you, you know, the thing is, is you got uh, Republicans like Doug Osi uh, stepping into the race. You got uh, some Republican candidates stepping in to, you know, run for governor uh, with the recall. What, what do you see happening? Do you see, I, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, I think people are so tired of politics that, I mean, if you say you're going to run for office right now, I'm just wondering if, if people are like, ah, there's another one. You know, I know a guy that's not a politician that was a huge uh, uh, promoter of the recall when it first started. His name uh, is Major Williams. Okay. Uh, he's running. He's running for office, and he's running as a conservative. Um, he's really, really good guy, and he's got momentum going. But you don't hear people talking about guys like him because he's not a part of the club. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. And, th- and that's the big problem. Uh, people are seeing like too much of the Bob Coxes of the world. Like the, uh-huh. the old, the old narrative is gone. You know, right. um, you got, you got to get in with the You got to get in with today's, with today's uh, youth. And these guys just can't do it. Well, I, I, I think that's the thing right now is if I was a conservative candidate, let's, let's put the Vin dog campaign together right now. Oh, okay. oh man put that together right now because I, I i think it's going to be hard one if you're a conservative right now because mm-hmm. that's kind of got a, a a trump label on it right right and people just you know whatever their feelings were they just said they wanted that guy gone right uh, yeah yeah uh-huh and so <laughs> as a conservative as a conservative it's going to be really hard for you to mm-hmm. you know one get some interest uh in the media is so biased right now i mean the only kind of coverage you're going to get is, oh, it's another conservative running, and you know, uh, they supported Trump or mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, and so I think it's going to be really hard as a conservative to really prove that what you stand for mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, rights and freedoms of of business people and the citizens of the state. Right. Uh, and uh, and so I mean, it's it's kind of like you're you're going to be saying what you're for, but everybody's going to want to make, make their own story about your story. Right. Exactly. And you know, I, yeah. I, I, ta- I spoke with this guy for a little bit and um, <laughs> he has, he has a really good head on his shoulders. He said he had, to, he had to run because he just saw mm-hmm. small businesses being killed, uh, folks losing their jobs. He goes, th- it was just out of control. Like he said, the state did not have to shut down in that way and form. But he said also, the state belongs to the people and not the politicians. And that's the way it should be ran. Well, I, you know, I completely agree, you know, and I mean, how many businesses, I'm surprised there are as many businesses still staying afloat, staying in the game. Uh, I mean, obviously we see businesses all the time. that are having to close their doors permanently because they've been open, closed, open, closed, open, closed. Um, you know, I, I, it still amazes me that we see as many restaurants standing and we see as many small businesses still, uh, you know, opening every day and, mm-hmm. and trying, you know, trying to uh, reinvent themselves, trying to uh, remarket themselves, trying to, you know, just, you know, kind of get back in the game and do business. And right. it's just completely amazing. I mean, I think what happened was. I mean, you look at America right now. I mean, as we were growing up or even 10 years ago, we would have never guessed something like this would happen. So, I mean, you know, that it's an unbelievable situation. And what's happened in California is it just continues to go down a rabbit hole. And I got to tell you, Rex, uh, I've witnessed this. Uh, this guy uh, that I just told you about, Major Williams, he uh, has a really good ground game team on his uh, side right now. And he's actually causing a ruckus to where there are more people showing up to his uh his meet and greets than bob cox and these other guys but you're never going to see that on television well see that's the thing i'm talking about is the political is playing such a biased game mm-hmm. that as a conservative candidate you're not going to get any media coverage mm-hmm. and he was endorsed by two people you might know very well okay. uh adam carolla okay uh and larry elder Right. Uh, another guy that's really pushing his name up the of the poll is, uh, you know, this guy too, former okay. California resident Joe Rogan. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pastor himself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's really, he's really finding his way up the ladder. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, a guy by the name of Steve Dace from the blaze talked about wow. this guy two years ago. Oh, wow. And I, and I was thinking like, this guy's nuts. He's from Iowa. What does he know? And right, then all of a right. sudden I hear about this guy. I'm like, Oh boy, it, it really is happening. You know? Wow. Yeah. Like he's really popular right now with the young voters. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the California governor situation is kind of going to become like what the Trump situation was. And that's it, anybody but him. And so it, it's, you know what I mean? It's almost not going to matter who's running. It's mm-hmm. just going to be anybody that's not Gavin Newsom. Hey, that's who we're for. Mm-hmm. And whoever gets most immediate attention wins. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Most name recognition wins uh, because you're going to have a lot of people that we go, oh, I didn't even know they were running. I didn't even know. They were running. <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't even know that, you know, I mean, I seen Doug Osi the last couple of days or the last week or so got a lot of media attention that he was indeed going to run, uh, you know, for governor and and stuff, which kind of surprised me that he got so much attention, um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. but I mean, you know, I think you're going to have a lot of people running. And so is anybody going to be able to get enough attention to get the vote? You know, is anybody going to be able to get enough media play? Exactly. The calm before the storm. Right, right, exactly. So we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom finally uh, realized that there is a recall, and uh, so I, he's calling in all political favors and uh, all his political cronies to uh, stand up for him. And so you, you know he's gonna he's gonna battle for it. He's not just gonna go, you know, hey, you, you can have it. So, yeah, I mean, but I don't know, man. I think uh, California is gonna take him outside and give him a whipping. Well, I think that that's what will happen. I mean, I, I think he'll be gone. I, mm-hmm. I think there'll be somebody else uh, in the governor's mansion or uh, be governor of the state. I mean, I, I that's the only way I can see it going down mm-hmm. since it's since it's gotten this far. You know, yeah. It's, you know, and uh, you know the thing too is people keep forgetting is there's a lot of Democrats, small business people who are just as fed up as the conservatives are with with what has happened. And that's a tall order in California. That's a real tall order. I mean, that's, you know, that's crossing uh, huge political lines with lately. Uh, that that has not happened in, in several election cycles. Since George uh, Duke Majin. Well, there you go. That's going back a ways. <laughs> I was like seven years old when he was I, was say, I didn't even know that. Uh, I, I can barely remember that guy's name. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and the Gray Davises of the world and, and all that. Uh, wasn't Gray Davis the last one recalled? I think so. Yes, he was. Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Gray Davis was. And, you know, but anytime I think you get into this nasty kind of recall situation, uh, it's almost a coin flip in my mind. It's, yeah. It's almost, you know, it, it could go either way. And it's pretty much a 95-5 that Gavin Newsom's going to be tossed into the ocean. Yeah, I think I, I think it is. But then you're going to have this political meandering of, of who comes into the governorship, right? Mm-hmm. And then California is such a mess right now that people are fleeing the state on a daily basis. You know, what's, you know, what's, what's that governor, what's that one guy going to do to start turning the tide of California kind of straightening things out? That's true. My friend Jed just texted me. He said, please tell your Californians don't come to Texas. They're turning it blue. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Texans, Matthew McConaughey is probably not even happy about it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, wouldn't be cool, man. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so I just thought of it right now, and you talked to me about it earlier. Mm-hmm. You interviewed the great Dusty Baker. Yeah, we got to hang out with uh, Dusty Baker, uh, the baseball manager of the Houston Astros. Of course, a uh, longtime Dodger as a player. He played for the Giants. He also managed the Giants. And, great uh, manager also. He, yeah, well, I think he's, you know, He's won everywhere he's been, as, as mm-hmm. we said in the – and uh, we got to hang out with him for about a half hour at his winery in West Sacramento, California. And uh, he has a winery there, and uh, his family uh, – it's called Baker Family Wines. And uh, uh, you'll, you'll love some of their wines. Uh, one of their wines is uh, Walk Off Red, which is a tribute to uh, Dusty Baker. It has the most walk-off hits, I think, in the history of Major League Baseball. And so it's kind of a tribute to him. They had uh, Hammer and Hank, uh, which 
was a tribute to Hank Aaron, and Hank Aaron was involved with their winery before uh, before he passed on. And uh, and then they they have many other wines, but those are a, a couple ones that are kind of connected to the uh, game of baseball. Nice. And so that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. So it makes it uh, a unique winery because of the baseball connection. And uh, you know, if you go to West Sacramento, if you're ever in the area, you know, make sure you drop by. Uh, it is an urban winery, so it's uh, on Industrial in West Sacramento. Nice. Uh, so how you love the winery, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and their wines are terrific. Yeah, how, got- how is Dusty? Because I hear all these great things about him as an awesome guy and and such. Right. Well, we got to go. We got to go a little behind the scenes with some of our video. I'll have to send you some of it. We got to, to go behind when they were bottling the wine and, and see Dusty Baker bottling the wine, actually bottling the wine. And uh, we got to we got to talk to him and uh, spend about 25 minutes with him. He couldn't have been nicer. I've never you know really met him before, especially in a, like a broadcast sense or anything like had him on the show before. And uh we had a great time. Um, you know, he was getting ready at that point in time to get ready to go to uh, spring training. And so he had that on his mind, but uh, had had a great time talking about the wines, talked about how much Hank Aaron uh, meant to him as a player. Because uh, when he was a rookie, uh, Hank Aaron kind of took him under his wing and they had stayed lifelong friends. And so uh, uh, there's a Hank Aaron jersey that uh, hangs in the uh, winery t- as a tribute to Hank Aaron. And uh, then their winemaker, uh, Chick Brenneman is, is a great guy, and we got to talk with him about the wines. And, and so, you know, Dusty, very approachable guy for uh, as big of a name in baseball and, and everything that he's accomplished uh, accomplished during his career as a player and a manager. So uh, it was fun. You know, Rex, talking about this Rex on the road deal, man, I'm going to have to yeah. join you on one of these Rex on the road adventures. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to have you, man. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me know when, when you're in the area and you are uh, you got an open invitation. We always have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, kind of going out and talking to people. And I know you love talking to people like I do. And yes. So I, it's fun. Uh, you know, you get to see some wine or food or, or whatever and, and kind of like show off maybe a hidden spot or a spot that people didn't know about. And, uh, you know, and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it a good time. So, uh, Okay. Have you ever heard of the winery? It's in uh, the Napa area. It is called V-Satui. I, I vaguely that sounds familiar, but I'm, I'm not like super familiar with them. Is that one of your favorite places? It's, oh, man, it, it is my favorite. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You have got to go there. To Visa is it Tui. Yeah. Is it in Napa? Is it, it in Napa or is it in Calistoga or where is it? Uh, I think it is Calistoga. I'm not sure, but I know okay. it's in the Napa area. And well, it's awesome. Visa Tui Winery. Place? Is it a huge place? Oh, man, it's awesome. Like uh, the land that they're located on is the landscaping is ridiculous. And well, their you know, wines so the are wine- terrific. They have lots okay. of cheese. They specialize in lots of cheeses and stuff like that, oh. too. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, have, is it one of those wineries that has a castle on it? Because there are some wineries there that have a castle. No, on this wine- one doesn't have a castle. It's just, okay. it, it's the spot. Okay. And then uh, the wine tasting there, how much is the wine tasting? It's between uh, 9 to $15. Oh, that's really affordable for mm-hmm. that already. Yeah. yeah. yeah and just- you get to taste like seven different wines and nice. yeah. And then they give what, you a discount you on a bottle. Are you a red wine guy or a white wine? Guy? I love white wine. You're a white wine. Well, you would have loved the Chardonnay I brought home uh, from uh, Wind Walker yesterday. I brought it home for my wife. She wanted some Chardonnay. Uh-huh. And this, it was exquisite. Oh, my gosh. It tastes so good. It sounds good. Are you? Have you ever been a rosé kind of guy or? Um... You know, I, not not really. Not really a rosé guy. You Me know, neither. I, I, you know, I just have, have never uh, really gotten into rosé. I know there's people that eat, seem like they either love it or, you know, they don't like it at all. Yeah, I just didn't, I never could get the acquired taste that I was looking for out of the rosé. Yeah, it just, you know, I, I guess it's not my thing. I like a good Barbera. You know, I'm a, mm-hmm. a good Barbera type of guy. It is always a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm probably more of a red wine guy, more of a darker wine guy than, uh, mm-hmm. than white wines. Uh, but this Chardonnay we had the other day... I, I was like, oh, wow, this, you know, uh, that's a that's a summer wine, you know, that's a summer mm-hmm. wine. Right? Summer so. wines. Yeah, that sounds like a good name. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, your Dodgers, 
are, are getting ready to go here. The Giants are getting ready to go. We're going to have to make some kind of wager about the baseball season this year. I don't know what. Yeah, we're going to have to, and we'll do it for charity. That would be good. That would always mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. Because the Dodgers, the Dodgers play for charity all the time. Like, they won – they won the 60-game season last year World Series. I mean, that. so they do kind of play for charity. Oh, nice. I'm looking at the Dodgers thing in front of me, and then I look to the left of me, and I see a bottle of Moscato. It doesn't belong to me, but I, I see it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so how do you think the, Do- the Dodgers are probably going to win the division again this year, right? Is that what you're thinking? I, I'm hoping so. Um, the Padres are going to be a thorn in our side. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a battle all summer long between the Dodgers and Padres. I'm kind of excited to see it. And then I think, here's what I think, because the Giants last year just missed the playoffs by like one game there at the end. Yeah, they're that dark horse that I'm really not looking forward to. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's when we do well as Giants fans. You know, when we won all those World Series, you guys remember what that's like. Uh, You know, winning a World Series because you just won one. Um, Yeah. was that none of those World Series did you go, yeah, this is the year the Giants are going to win it. <laughs> you know, exactly. Just, none of those, uh, that never happens. And so when everybody counts out the Giants, I'm always kind of happy because that seems to be our better seasons, right? That seems to be a better year for the mm-hmm. Giants. And the Giants got kind of all those old guys that won all those World, World Series still on the team. But this is kind of the last year. And then those guys will probably be free agents or uh, get traded, depending on how the season goes. So. And, and I think it all depends on the manager that the team has too, because Bochy was awesome. Well, you know that's that's the tough thing is Bochy was awesome, and I think he was a great manager. And you know, I I wouldn't have wanted Ben Gabe Kapler stepping into those shoes. I mean, that's a tough that's a tough call. Mm-hmm. You know, to replace an, a, a legend like that, uh, you know, Hall of Fame manager to be for sure. Uh, you know, so I think that that was a real tough thing, but I thought Kapler did, you know, he started off kind of rocky, but I thought, you know, this could be the year that, you know, he, he tinkers enough with things that, you know, it, it would sure be great to just go, wow, look, the Giants got into the wild card, you know, and, and I think it would shock people, you know, so we'll see what happens. Did but, Dave you know, Kapler have an affiliation with another organization? Uh, well, he was the Phillies manager before he came to the Giants, and before that, he worked with Farhan on the Dodgers. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was so, going there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, it, it, all the uh, management with the Giants now have some background in the Dodgers, and you don't even know how much that affects us. I mean, you know, uh, everybody is like, oh, they're they came to our team to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> An inside job, treason. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing you got to look at is Farhan, you know, because their hands were kind of tied from a, a financial standpoint and kind of getting rid of some of these bigger contracts. You know, uh, Mike Yastrzemski is, is a good example of a guy that the Orioles didn't even think was worth being on their major league And he's team. a good player. Yeah, he's turned into a, you know, a star for the Giants, 20-plus home runs a season. And, uh, you know, he'll, uh, he'll make an impact this year. And uh, so that'll be good. And uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see what the Giants can do. I mean, like I said, you know, I think nobody's going, hey, they're going to win the division this year because everybody knows the Dodgers payroll and the talent they have. And then you got the Padres who who did a heck of a job during uh, the, the winter meetings and the trade deadline and all that. And so it's going to be tough sledding for the Giants. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Giants are going to be the dark horse. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, uh Former MVP of the Giants, Aubrey Huff's not so so much of a fan of the Giants anymore like he used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, it, it seems like uh, you know the Giants have said Aubrey Huff, you're you're not welcome here anymore. Uh, and Aubrey Huff said, "Well, hey, whatever you want to do." Uh, you know, I, I mean that. You know, Aubrey Huff, I think uh, he's a wacky guy. You know, and, and I enjoyed seeing him play for the Giants. I thought he was a funny, funny mm-hmm. guy. Unfortunately, uh, he's you know. a part of cancel culture now. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, he likes to prod people. He likes to, you know, kind of get attention and, and mm-hmm. really talk to people and, and say some wacky things. And in this day and age, we know that people don't have a lot of time for wacky <laughs> They don't even like it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I understand that sometimes he's trying to be funny. And I think some people have, I think once you get caught in that political circle of you've said some things and then, mm-hmm. you know, people 
and it's like, well, if he said something, hey, he's not being funny. This, you know, this is serious business. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you know, freedom of speech is yeah. is freedom of speech. We don't always have to agree with somebody else. Exactly, says, but, we don't. Yeah, but they should still be allowed to say it. And guess what? It's like my dad said. He goes, "The thing I like about you being on the radio is I can turn it off." Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess we can take that same advice from my dad. And, you know, if you don't like what Aubrey Huff says or anybody else, you can turn it off or you can not get on Twitter or, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but they have a right to say it as long as it is. As long as I feel it's not causing physical harm to somebody else or you're telling somebody else to uh, attack somebody or something, I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's OK. You know? And, you know, radio guys, we don't even like the word cancel culture. No, because our shows have been canceled several times. And so. It, yes. Uh, yeah, you know, so we're, <laughs> already been canceled already. Thank you. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you, you know, still I, doing the 70s radio show, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still doing it uh, 6 to 9 at night uh, on the West Coast, on the East Coast, 9 to midnight. And, uh, yeah, we're having fun playing the hits and, you know, talking uh, about whatever's going on. But uh, we can make people hopefully laugh and, uh, you know, play some of those uh, big hits from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and and just so you know, radio guys, we're like the most politically incorrect individuals you will ever meet. Right, right. <laughs> I, well, I I always think you know, radio guys. Some some of us kind of grew up being class clowns, right? I mean, yeah, I, I or the I ringside leader. Right. <laughs> so we're you know we're the court jesters, and sometimes we will say something that's inappropriate. But I mean. You know, I think most of us, you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We're just trying to entertain and make people laugh. And right now in this cancel culture thing, there's not a lot of funny stuff out there. Yeah. And so it's sometimes, you know, really hard to get people to come together and laugh and go, hey, can we all laugh at something? And, uh, you know, I think one thing I would like to mention uh, before I go on this platform, if you don't mind, is what has happened to uh, people and what they're doing to Asians in, in communities all throughout the United States uh, is, is to me, it's just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. How you would attack anybody of any culture just because they are that culture. And you think that they're responsible for whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, to me, it's just the sublime. And I mean, obviously, you know, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just to me, it's, I'm part Native American. I've never understand the things that are done to Native American people either. And no. the way they're treated, the way they get talked about. Uh, uh, I, I mean, any culture. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why people are getting this malicious thing happening to them in the first place, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and, you know, I, when did it become in this country that it's, Hey, if somebody's a Democrat, then, you know, they're the bad guy or whatever. And if they're a Republican, they're the bad guy or whatever. Uh, you know, we got to start having conversations and we got to start finding things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, or these problems are going to continue to spiral out of control. You know? Yeah. And, th- and it's doing it right now as we speak every second. Oh, yeah. Every day you turn on whatever you turn on, social media, the news, whatever. And there's, you know, some shooting or this or that and it's against this these kind of people or that kind of people or or whatever um you know i just don't get it we all have families you mm-hmm. know we all love our families we're we're trying to keep our families safe and we all you know we all want a better country mm-hmm. uh, we just got some way to work together to make it a better country. And you know all this stuff that's going on i don't think it's such like a uh, liberal or conservative i think it's just people that are far left radicals that are, you know, have taken over a certain party and they've just like really exploded with it. Like, oh, you now we got to do this thing called critical race theory. We have to have people atone for their whiteness. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Well, you know, the thing, the thing <laughs> I say is the American, the American flag has a lot of, in right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of produce that have happened to different, different peoples of, of different races in this country. But let's look at the rest of the world, too, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the fairest place. This is the place where you have the most opportunity, irregardless of, of the color of your skin. I mean, look or, at us. We're, yeah. we're on the same level. Right. Mm-hmm. right. We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're both uh, radio guys. There, there you go. Uh, the American dream happened for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, is there are more freedoms allowed in this country, but those are every day are being taken away because of what we're seeing politically in this country right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I, I respect you if you're a Democrat. I respect you if you're a Republican. Yeah. To me, it doesn't even really matter. I've voted for both sides of, of the political parties at various times in my life. Yeah. If you have some decent, if you have some form of common sense, yeah, you'll get my vote no matter what side you're on. Right. I, I, I vote for the person. I don't vote for the political party. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if this is somebody I think that will do a good job for America or do a good job for the state or my city or my county, and they have some good ideas, mm-hmm. and maybe they want to do things in a little different way than they've been done, I'm willing to give them a shot. Yeah, and if yeah. they screw up, out the door you go. Right, you get to vote again, you know? You go, <laughs> okay. Maybe I shouldn't have voted for Vin Dog. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll get you in a world of trouble. You're like, hey, he's one of the good guys. Can't vote for him. Right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you know, what, you know, the thing is, is I think, you know, we have more in common than we have indifference. And, but uh-huh. for some reason, you know, and, and think about it, these political parties probably want us to fight. It's a lot easier for them to get elected if, if we're rioting all over the place. Oh, man, it's a good way for them to screw us 16 ways to Sunday and 32 from Tuesday while we're fighting amongst each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you think that your next door neighbor is, you know, so different than you that, you know, you you got to hate them or, or dislike them or, or whatever, then... You know, that just makes it easier for these political uh, parties to really control us. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I always uh, defer to when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And and Uh at that time, they were both, you know, uh, supposedly the Republican and Democratic Party of that time. Sure. And he 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 scolded both of them. Uh He scolded both of them. Uh Uh So, you know. I see. I see where he was going with that. Every time I read, yeah. Well, I think you know. I mean, politics are as old as time, right? I mean, when you mm-hmm. get down, and you know, I mean, there's always, it's always, you know, sometimes it's it's kind of like you say, follow the money, right? You know, and mm-hmm. you go, okay, hey, I understand what's going on here now because I see somebody's making money off of it, and, and I mean, politics is really the same way. Mm-hmm. When you look, when you break it down, it. I, I mean, look at that pipeline. Why Why was Biden so against that pipeline? Uh, because I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was getting paid to shut it down. Well, I mean, you got to wonder. I mean, there there were um, American jobs created. I, I understand he didn't like Trump, and, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But let's really, let's really look at what we're going to change, and is it going to make a difference for Americans and their livelihood? And, you know, how's that going to affect us? You know, I, I mean, the thing is, those jobs aren't going to be easy to recreate. I don't even uh, think but, he's running a country. I think he's a puppet. Well, I I can't disagree with you. He fell down the stairs. Fell down the stairs. Yeah. Pretty, man, that was scary. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? The other day he's calling uh, the vice president president. I, I I mean I think there's a lot of of questions about what's going on there. And yeah, I, my problem is not politically disagreeing with him so much. Is I think somebody that shows that they're that ill should not be president of the United States. Right. That's, and I think elder abuse is happening right now. Well, I mean, they're going to do what they can to get political power. Unfortunately, they're going to drag him out there when mentally he's probably not capable to be in such a position. Mm-hmm. I don't and even so, think he knows what he's signing half of the time. Well, I've heard him say that on video before. Oh, I don't even know what I'm signing. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh really? boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I think to some degree, this is the worst fears we had was that the far left would would have him as a puppet mm-hmm. and that he wasn't coherent enough to, to be president of the United States. Now, four years ago, eight years ago, I think it would have been probably okay. Right. Yeah. But now with the shape that he looks like he's in and not knowing where he is, really who he is, who's the president of the United States, uh, you know, it, it's a, a scary time. And I think the rest of the world, and the thing is, is this opens it up for other countries to go, yeah, we are going to have a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Instigate a terrorist attack because the American people are weak right now. Look at their leadership. Exactly, and, and that and that and to them, that's the perfect time to be on the point of attack. Well, you think that there's some uh, countries that are going to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Rex. Yeah. So let everybody know where they can hit you on the socials. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No problem. We're all over the place. Uh, we have our uh, main Facebook page, which is Rex on the Road Media. Yeah! Love to, have you, love to have you drop by there if you get the chance. Also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find us at T-E-E-R-E-X Radio. And you can always hashtag Rex on the radio, and we'll probably show up there, too. So uh, we're all over the place. Yeah, you're actually more world famous than I will ever be. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about I don't know about world famous. I, in fact, uh, all we try to do is have some fun and uh, help out local business. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be on the radio for, what, 30 plus years and, and some really fun, fun radio stations. And I love radio. I love I love what radio brought communities together, brought people together. Yes. To, and, and it, you know, the little radio that we do now, I, I mean, I, I just I just I think people need an outlet to have some fun and hear some good music. And, uh, you know, there's a movie I watched last night on Netflix that I hadn't seen before. And, and, and it, it may be kind of emotional because it, it was a, an ultimate performer. It was about James Brown and uh, Chadwick Boseman played James Brown. Have you seen that movie? Get on no, up. no, I haven't. Oh my gosh. It's a great movie. I watched it yesterday, last night with my wife. Uh, and, uh, it really makes you understand James Brown, you know, I think a little more, um, but, you think about it. This guy was filled with sadness in his life because his mother like abandoned him when he was a child. And, uh, you know, here's a guy who entertained people immensely. I mean, his music's still being copied today. Uh, I just think his influence is, is undeniable on American pop culture. Oh, man, uh, the godfather James, of soul. Right. Uh, soul brother number one. And, uh, <laughs> and so check it out if you get the chance. And Chadwick Boseman, you know, I'd seen other movies he's done, and I thought he was a good actor. But he took on the personality of James Brown. I, I think that might be his best movie. Uh, and I was just, you know, incredibly entertained. And uh, it, it was a really compelling story of, you know, how James Brown became James Brown. Oh, and he loved America, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, he loved America. He loved, uh, you know, he loved what he was doing. He loved entertaining people. And, uh you know, he was one of those performers that was one of the first performers that started kind of promoting his own concerts because he was tired of seeing money jerked out of his pockets by, you know, big record promoters and all that. So mm -hmm. was, and he was totally against the welfare system, if you didn't know that. Say again? He was totally against the welfare system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the movie kind of goes into that. And, you know, I think, I think he was, you know, the thing I think you have to say about him is, you know, he was involved in the civil rights, you know, through his music and, and everything. And, you know, I think anybody that comes from that kind of poor background just sees how the welfare system, basically people come to depend on it. And it's right? hindrance. Right. Because they've got that. They don't, you know, they don't, uh, you know, work towards other things, work towards uh, being self-sufficient. And so I think sometimes, you know, when somebody like that, it's because they grew up and they seen a lot of people around them uh, kind of be affected negatively uh, by, you know, the welfare system. Yeah, thanks a lot, FDR and Lyndon B. Johnson. There you go. There thanks you for go. nothing! <laughs> there you go. Because people want to come to this country because they know that they can live to the pursuit of happiness. Well, I mean, the, the thing that's great about this country is, you know, through your own initiative... You, you can you can make your dreams come true. And it's not yeah. always about having a million dollars in the bank either. Well, no, I've had a million dollars in the bank. And, I mean, you get tired, you get bored with it. <laughs> That's why you kept spending it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just didn't want it laying around. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Let everybody know the station that you're on, too, my brother. Oh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. We uh, do the night show on a thing called That 70s Channel. Uh, it's on TuneIn. It's on Live 365 apps and uh, the Facebook page on Facebook where Facebook pages should be that seventies channel. And yes. Uh, so, yeah. Check out the station. It's a great station. There's a, a whole slew of DJs on there. I, I just hang out for a, a few hours at night, but a uh, great sounding radio station. Yes, brother Rex. And I, I'm pretty sure God's looking down on you and I right now. Say, Oh, those are my guys. They're causing so. a ruckus on earth. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, <laughs> 
we're in his good stead because this how things could get real ugly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But you know what? A- after all, at the end of the day, we know he's in control and we have nothing to worry about. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't uh, don't worry. That's just. Uh, you know, this is just a time we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. For such a time <laughs> as this, man, it's a great time to be alive. Right, exactly. Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Kennel Podcast on myself, Vin Dog Radio, Money Bin Production. My man, Mr. T-Rex Radio. <laughs> we are out of here. God bless you. Take care of one another and love each other, my friends, no matter what side of the fence you're on. We'll see you. See you real soon, sucker. Sucker.